Murray to his left. Bradford takes the snap. He fakes to Murray. He's back. He steps up. He fires. It's complete. Across the 20, the 10, the 5. Touchdown, Jordan Matthews. The Eagles win. The game is over. Jordan Matthews catches the pass from Bradford and takes it home. And the Eagles win in overtime. Welcome on in the Eagles fans to episode 15 of the No Huddle Show, our Philadelphia Eagles podcast right here on NJ.com. I'm Joe Giglio, back after a couple weeks off, and uh, the guys that have been here, they locked it down during the bye week. We have Elliot Stewart-Marks, we have Mark Eckel, and we have the biggest win of the Eagles season to talk about. On Sunday Night Football, a 33-27 victory in overtime. You just heard it there, the call from Merrill Reese, the voice of the Eagles. On WIP Sports Radio in Philadelphia, the Eagles win the game on a 41-yard touchdown to Jordan Matthews from our guy, Sam Bradford. Elliot, let's start with you. Uh, just kind of initial reaction, I mean, you're home now from Dallas, and that game was, from an entertainment standpoint for me, it was the best one of the year, and obviously for the Eagles, uh, it was the best result they've had in a while. Your thoughts on, on just the craziness Sunday night? Yeah, I mean, it saved their season. I mean, you talk about going from Essentially losing that game, dropping the three and five, one and three in the division. And really, I know you're not mathematically out of it at three and five because the division's so bad, but realistically at three and five, you lose five of your first eight games. What gives you any hope that maybe you win six of your next eight? You know, so it was just a huge game. And honestly, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it at length, but it was really the first game where Bradford showed any sign of real reason for fans to be optimistic. I mean, People, you know, we've joked about it, kind of mocked it, about how that second half against Atlanta, how people got so excited. Well, they lost the game. But in this game, I mean, he was great in the second half. He was, you know, the Eagles late. They needed him to lead on. So they, the team needed them to lead him on scoring drives. He led them on two straight field goal drives. Obviously, he the touchdowns there. But, you know, I mean, I think he completed six of his last seven passes in regulation. And then I think he was five of five in overtime. So was he perfect throughout the whole game? No. But. That's exactly what you want to see from, you know, a franchise-type quarterback. A must-win game on the road against a divisional opponent. He got the job done. He did, and that was his signature performance so far. That was a big-time performance, big-time throw in overtime. Maybe Mark, it was his career. Maybe it was his career. It might have been, which is a point, Elliot. I mean, that didn't have much of his career before he got here, and, and now he has this, and the Eagles are back in 4-4. Mark, your initial thoughts as you watched the ebbs and flows of that thing on Sunday night? My initial thoughts? Jesus, when something was, you know, I'm trying to write a story on that, you know, to get it in when the game's over. So much my initial thoughts, but my God, when something was not, I had to change my thought process under time. But, uh, now, Sam Brad, yeah, I, I agree. Sam, this was, this was as good as Sam Brad gets. I don't, I mean, I don't think he's capable of playing any better than he did. But, um, and I don't mean to be a downer by saying that, but I mean, that's, this is it. I mean, if he plays this way the rest of the year, he looks going to be don't know if he can. It's like, and I compared to, you know, Chip Kelly was asking, you know, this is a big win, and Chip's answer is always, hey, we got Miami next week. If we don't beat Miami, then this week, this win beats up. Well, the same goes for Sam Bradford. If he goes back out next and plays Miami and plays like he did, you know, the first Dallas game or the Carolina game, well, then forget what he did again, you know, the Dallas game's history. Right? I mean, um, but it is a good sign. And, it, it, and this is the first game of the Eagles' four wins. I would say this is the first one that you could say Sam Bradford won the game. And that's not, and usually most times quarterbacks bring, I mean, you know, when, when the Green Bay Packers win, I, I would say probably 90% of the times you say Aaron Rodgers won that game. 
Uh, when the New England Patriots win, you say Tom Brady won that game for them. This is the first time that you could actually say, yeah, Sam Bradford won that game. Because your, your great defense didn't win that game for them. Uh, no, they did not. And the defense seems to be, I don't know if they're taking a step back there. I mean, this is two weeks in a row, the run game has struggled. And really, I mean, you let Matt Castle, you know, Billy Davis in after that Redskins loss back in week, I think it was uh, week four, where, um, you know, the Kirk Cousins went down the field and had the game win a touchdown. Well, they let Matt Castle go down the field and get the game winning field, not game winning, sorry, the game time field goal. So, I mean, the defense is, and, you know, I know people are going to talk about those bad penalties. And, you know, look, were they good calls? Maybe, probably not. But at the end of the day, that's your $63 million cornerback getting flagged twice on a final drive and giving up a catch. And Malcolm Jenkins gets flagged. So you can say, were they good calls? Probably not. But ultimately, it doesn't matter. You let a few penalties and a field goal on that final drive. So that was obviously... Matt Castle. Against Matt Castle, exactly. That was obviously concerning. I mean, then I'll, I'll throw this out to you, Mark. Um, so... You know, if you say that if Bradford plays this way the rest of the season, they'll be fine. I, I tend, I do tend to agree with that ultimately, but I don't think still, I, I said that. I don't no, no, no. I know. I'm saying, if he, I'm saying, let's let's say he gets the same level. We'll we'll throw it through two ways. One, do we think he can play this way the rest of the season? I don't, I don't know. And, and two, is he playing well enough? I mean, he still only has Eagles have played you know overtime plus eight quarters over the past two games, and he's got one touchdown pass. I didn't say two games. <laughs> no, I, I'm just saying. I, I, but I'm saying from my from my point of view, I thought he played a lot better against the Panthers, even though they lost. And then I thought he played probably like you said, the best he'll he'll ever play against the Cowboys. And he still only has one touchdown pass. So I guess my 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 thing is not again not to be a downer. I do think he played very well. It was a huge game. But does he have to play better over these next you know whatever they've left seven games for them to win the division? I, I think you can. No, I think if you carbon, if, if you can do this, if there's a way of carbon copying, you know, making a copy of a game, yeah, and and replaying it the next eight weeks, if, if Sam Bradford, well, let's just say his, his quarterback rating was what 102.3, something like that, yeah. Ever what? If he puts up a quarterback rating of of a hundred, oh, a hundred or more every game, the last eight games, Eagles, Eagles are going to win a minimum of six of them, probably seven. I agree. And the other the other big part of it was, I mean, again, I don't think he's going to do that. No, I, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I mean, he has been better not turning the ball over, and that was killing him. That's what was killing him earlier in this. And, I, and, I, and and that's never killed him throughout his career. So that was, I think, Sam Bradford is not a turnover. That's never been his ability. And I've got it over home, and when he wasn't very good with the Rams, it wasn't because he was turning the ball over. So I think those ten interceptions early were more of an aberration than they than that was that's what Sam Bradford is. Okay. Mike Vick turns the ball over. Well, Mike Vick. Has turned the ball. I mean, you know that's the guy that is known for turning the ball over. So, you know, so yeah, there, there's a difference there. Mark Sanchez, even the weakness of Mark Sanchez's game has been his, his turnovers. It's interesting, Elliot, when you bring up, you know, is this what he is now, and can he be this, and, and what happened to the Eagles that Brad be playing like this? And then you also brought up the defense, and are they kind of reverting back? I wonder if the Eagles are kind of reverting back a little bit, coming to the middle, where we thought the offense would carry the team, we thought the defense would be a little bit better this year, but then the defense carries them, and maybe now the offense is catching up. I mean, if you add it all together, Bradford didn't turn the ball over, he obviously had his best game as an Eagle, and they ran the football well again. That's now four straight games, they've gone over 150 rushing yards, and this was the first game all year, they didn't turn the ball over at all, whether it be Bradford or a fumble or anything. I mean, was this the formula 
Mark, was this the offensive formula we've been waiting for yeah, all year? Absolutely, Charlie. This is, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, I, w- I was flying home from Dallas yesterday, so I, I wasn't at uh, Chip Kelly's press conference, but I, I read the quotes, and I thought he, I thought Chip said it brilliantly when he compared it to, you know, a guy coming into a movie halfway through a movie and trying to catch up on what what happened. Well, that's when you add that many new pieces to an offense, new quarterback, two new running backs. A new wide receiver, two new offensive linemen. When, when half of your offense is new, it was going to take time. I said that all along from, from April. I said, this team's going to start slowly. They have too many new guys. But then the preseason happened. And Elliot likes to say, we'll always have those 10 plays in Green Bay. I mean, everybody got so hyped over this offense is great. Look at it. They're rolling. And it did. And preseason's look. And I was surprised, I'll be honest, I even said to myself, wow, maybe they are coming together a little sooner than I thought. But basically, it did take time. Now, you're, this is what I thought it would look like. This is what we talked about. I thought this running game was going to be great. I thought they're going to, be, they're going to have the best running uh, team in the league. They're going to lead the league in rushing. And that started terrible. Now, you're seeing it. Like, you've got three weeks in a row. They ran the ball at will against the job. I mean, you know, they, they, the running backs had a great game. All, all three of them. Uh, so that, yeah, that, that's what this offense is going to be, I think. And then that also makes it easier for Bradley, or any quarterback. If you, if you have running backs running the way Murray and Matthews did, and even Spalding on a couple carries, that makes the quarterback's job so much. That play act, I mean, the, the winning touchdown pass came off play act. Yeah. I mean, if you're not running well, play action is a waste of time. So, but, you know, that's why it works so well. You know, the play act, you know, it makes everything. When you run the ball, well, here's the great stat. The Eagles are 4 and 0. They're 4 and 4. They're 4 and 0 when they run the ball 30, more than 30 times. The question is, though, you know, I, agree with, I agree with both of you. Yesterday, or uh, Sunday night was kind of the blueprint, right? They ran the ball, Bradford didn't turn it over. The defense played well enough. They created a turn. Only dropped two passes. Only dropped two passes. Obviously, the loss of Jordan Hicks, you know, maybe we talk about that later, but. So is it at all concerning that everything went just about as well as you wanted to go, and it took overtime to be the two and four, now two and five Cowboys team without Tony Romo? Yeah, sorry, two and six Cowboys team without Tony Romo. I mean, the Seahawks played them tough the week before, so I, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, you know, as yeah, I was because the defensive, because the offense looked like it's supposed to. The yeah. defense, unfortunately, looked like I thought that that they were going to look too. Yeah, and they've always struggled against that front. So I mean. Again, like it comes down to me, it comes down to consistency. And I think, as you said, Mark, I mean, you've touched, you've touched on this a bunch. Like, can they do it again? And Sam Bradford, like, if you look at these next three games, they're really the rest of their schedule. I mean, they have the Patriots, that's a tough one. They have the Cardinals at home, that's a tough one. But outside of that, like you said, they should win five or six of these next eight games. But I just still question if they're good enough to do that. Because, you know, you talked about Green Bay and the hype surrounding Green Bay, right? Like, is this another Green Bay? I mean, is this the outlier? Like, is this the game where where we're going to look back in three weeks and go, all right, yeah, Bradford was good against Dallas, but that was one. You know, like, yeah, he was really good against Green Bay in the preseason, but then, you know, he sucked for seven. Well, so, now we can change it. I mean, if it does fall apart, we can change the name of the, the highlight show next year. Instead of, we can, instead of 10 plays in Green Bay, we can call it, you know, overtime against Dallas. We'll always have Dallas. And that's the thing. I mean, you know, every quarterback has their day. But like you mentioned, the reason there is reason 
the reason he can be encouraged is because it's not like Sam Bradford threw six touchdowns and 700 yards, and you're like, okay, well, that's not going to happen every week. The way that they want, I mean, they didn't really ask Bradford to do that much. I mean, he, you know, yeah, they, he, he had a good end of the game, absolutely. He's the reason they won, but it's not like, again, it's not like he threw six touchdowns. He had one touchdown and no interception, and that touchdown came in overtime. So he had no touchdowns in regulation. So if they, they can keep running the ball like this, the defense can just play a little better. Then I do kind of think this is like a, a sustainable way to win. I, I don't think ask Bradford to do too much. I think a good word for Bradford's performance Sunday night is efficient. It's very efficient. He was. I mean, the completion percentage, you know, almost seventy. He was efficient, and in the second half, uh, they really got on a roll, and it looked like that Dallas Cowboys defense just—they were sucking wind at the end. Before we get to the defense, the Eagles' defense, and the loss of Jordan Hicks, which is obviously a really big factor now moving forward, I want to ask you guys about the first quarter all year long and then compared to the other quarters all year long? Because we're trying to find a way to answer this question of can they sustain this? Was this a turning point? However we want to word it for the rest of the season. But the one thing that does seem to hold true here is the Eagles don't do much in the first quarter and then they beat teams in the second through the fourth. So right now, as we head into this week against Miami, they're minus 30 in the first quarter. They've only scored 10 points in the first quarter all year long. They're plus 59 in point difference for the rest of the game. I mean, is that is it, is it that simple? If they play better in the first quarter and then continue to do what they do in the second to the fourth quarter, Elliot, they're just going to roll team? Well, and that's the concerning part is, you know, you're, you're, it's not many. If they fall behind, you know, by 10 points on the road to the Patriots in a few weeks, they're not coming back. I mean, right. you do. I mean, they're probably not going to beat the Patriots anyway. But the point is, against good teams, you can't keep putting yourself in these holes. The Eagles have been lucky that, the teams they've fallen behind to. I mean, look, they fell behind to the Panthers. They, they didn't come back. The Panthers are one of the best teams in the NFC. So, I mean, you know, you fall behind on the road to Dallas. You know, you're able to come back because the Cowboys aren't that good of a team. But, so, and to me, you know, I think I think it was Chip a few weeks ago was joking like, yeah, I wish we could have a scrimmage beforehand so that Bradford and the whole team could heat up and play well to start. Well, no, I don't think that's the issue. I think the issue is, I mean, coaching. I mean, you know, all week you, you script and you, you game plan and you prepare for this. And it looks like the Eagles are getting out coached to start. I mean, you know, part of it is Bradford's thinking the Duncan to start. I mean, you know, how many times in the first quarter against Dallas did he throw short of the, you know, the, the first down marker on third down? But maybe there pe- there's people not open. And I mean, I think that it's a coaching problem. Now, the good news is they're making the adjustments and they're winning in the second half. And ultimately, that's, you know, I guess you'd rather play better to, at the end than to start. But this is still going to be an issue for them. I mean, they don't, they can't keep falling behind in these big holes, especially if they're going to, you know, play a playoff game, which it seems like as of now they're on the track to do. Well, let me just add to that. Yeah, the offense isn't scoring eight. They've only scored ten points. That's 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 awful. One one touchdown in, in eight first quarters. But the other side is the defense always allows the other team to go down and score as well. I mean, you know, they they the Eagles have been behind. In every game this year, except the Jets, that's the only game where they scored first and led, and then and, and led throughout. And that was a special team, right? No, 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 no. The first touchdown was a special team. They they took the lead. Okay, all right. Um, that that kind of gave a bigger role to the Um, that came in the second quarter. Um, but no, that I mean, and and again, if you if you want to put the coach and put it on Billy Davis, then I mean, but like that was right down the field. Just as, the, just as the Giants went right down the field, just as Carolina went right down. I mean, it, I don't, I, I don't know what's yet. And then 
And then you, you say to yourself, oh my God. And then, and then all of a sudden, the defense plays great. The other night, not, not so much, but um, it, it, it is mind-boggling that they can come out every week and fall behind. And like you said, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, you can come back against a 2-6 and six last place, no Tony Romo, Dallas Cowboys. But when you do it against Atlanta or Carolina, yeah, you can fight back and, and give yourself pats on the back for fight back, but they lost both games because like, they didn't lose that Carolina game because of what they lost it because they fell behind Atlanta. It, you know, people want to say they lost it because Cody Parkman missed the field goal. Okay, you want to tell yourself that, fine. But they lost it because they, they fell behind by whatever many points. They lost seven or something like that, right? 21-3, maybe, actually. Right, the damage was done. It's almost right. like in baseball, blaming a guy for striking out in the ninth inning with a rally. But it was losing. You're losing because what you did in the beginning of the game. And they go five runs in the third inning. Yeah. Right, exactly. That's, that's what they've done. And uh, So now, Mark, you brought up the defense. And, and how they've given up some points in the first quarter. Well, now, as everyone is so excited after this win, it's Philadelphia just losing their mind, beating the Cowboys, basically ending the Cowboys season. And we're all excited about how well, again, Jordan Hicks played, the play he made on Sunday night, the pick six. And, and Mark, I know it was just the beginning of this season. You started talking about on this podcast what a playmaker he was and how he made those kind of game-changing plays every week. He did it again here. But unfortunately, that's the end of the season. We find out pectoral injury he suffered in the season ender. They put him on IR, and I never thought I'd ask this question to you guys at any point this year when we started this in the summer, but can the Eagles' defense get by now without their best playmaker, who happens to have been Jordan Hicks? Elliot, we'll start with you on this one. Yeah, I mean, you put it best. This is their best inside linebacker. And I wrote um, on the site, you know, Tuesday morning, that when the Eagles made all this, all these moves in offseason for depth, you know, it was to protect themselves from losing a guy like Pico or losing a guy like Hendricks. And now you're wondering if Pico and Hendricks can fill in for what Hicks has been doing. And, you know, I mean, Hicks has been very good. I don't I don't think he – you know, he probably maybe is one of the best players in the defense. But, you know, you still, like, there's still more important guys that they could have lost. Like Malcolm Jenkins you know, would be up there, um, one of the cornerbacks. But, yeah, I mean, look, that play he made against Dallas really highlighted why he's so good. I mean, he's just a smart player. I mean, he, he, back, he, he notices the route before the snap. He, he knows where the Cowboys are going. He backs up. He baits Matt Castle, a guy that's been in this league a long time, into throwing that pass. He jumps it, and he makes the play. I mean, do, I, do any of the other Eagles linebackers make that play? I mean, maybe D'Amico. Um, so, I mean, from this point, and D'Amico's actually probably too old to make that play. But, yeah. But, I mean, but I, but I don't think Pico or, or uh, Hendricks make it. I mean, I haven't seen them do anything like that. I mean, we see Pico. We don't want to that's what I was going to say. Kiko's only played two games in three years. Not even. I mean, I have a game both times. Right. Right. So, so obviously, yeah, the Eagles, look, they're, and when they started training camp, they had six inside linebackers on their roster. They had the four main guys, Acho, who's back now, and Jay. Of those six guys, five of them have suffered some type of serious injury. So, clearly, they have issues at linebackers getting healthy. Can they, I mean, like, I don't think this changes the outlook of this season. I don't think they're going to lose one less game. Well, I'm not, I don't think they're going to win one less game because Hicks is, is gone. But obviously, it's, I mean, it's certainly not a good thing because now you have major question marks inside linebacker. You don't know who's going to be there every week. You don't know who's going to stay on the field. Yeah, I, that's the problem. But my take on Hicks getting hurt is it's, it's funny. When I was when I flew home last night, but when we landed in Philly, I I knew um, in between my flights I got the. Email from the Eagles, text from Derek Boyko. So 
flight. I, I knew he was out, but when our plane landed, a couple of Eagle fans were on the flight. I guess they had gotten their alert to whatever. One guy turned to the other guy and said, Oh, no, Jordan Hicks is out for the season. Another guy went, Oh, well, good thing we have a lot of depth at the at, at inside linebacker. And I just, I'm listening, and I'm saying to myself, Do they? I mean, Hicks was, like, you know, Nico Ryan, God love him, had a great career, but, you know, he's hurt now. And, you know, he missed, he's already missed two games. He, I'm, 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 you know, we're hoping he comes back this, this week against the Dolphins, but is he going to play the, all eight games? I don't, who knows, right? I mean, he's an older guy with a, with a hands range. Kiko, who knows what he's going to do? I mean, he's played a, a game and a half out of, out of the first game. With a bad name. And missed all the last year. Right, and missed all the last year after an ACL. Right. And Kendricks is the guy that Chip Kelly always says he can't say help. And he's the healthiest of all. So, I mean, yeah, they're, if, if you promise me that those three guys will play all eight games, then I'll tell you, no, they're not going to miss hits at all. But I don't know, you know, like I said to Elliot jokingly last night, if, if I told you the starting linebackers, Week 17 against the Giants with Najee Good and Emmanuel Acho. Would you be surprised? No, I wouldn't. I'd be worried. I'd be real worried, but I would I wouldn't. I mean, you're dealing with three, the, the three guys. I mean, next week, I mean, Ryan's is probably 50 50 for next week still, right? Yeah. I mean, that. You know, he didn't play, he missed two. I mean, so if he doesn't play, you're down to Kiko and Kendricks. And really, really, what, what, what Hicks gives you that you don't have now is stability. I mean, yeah. you knew he was going to be there. You knew what he could do. He, could, you know, he was good against playing great. Right, exactly. Now, it's just a big question mark. And as you mentioned, the defense, you know, I, you were the one that brought this up, actually. And I, I, I thought at first I didn't agree, but now I do. I mean, the Nico's missed the last two games, and the run defense has been bad. So, oh, it's, it's so yeah, so, I mean, you know, Hicks has been in there. So maybe getting Nico in there will help against the run. So, I mean, look, let's not... Zabico's like, by far their best run stop. By far. Hicks has been playing very well, but you know, let's not act like he's one of the best defensive players in the league. Although, yeah. Oh, his strength was, as, as Joe pointed out, he made, he's made more plays than, any, than anybody on the team. Anybody. Right. Linebacker, secondary. He's made more plays, intercepts and trouble recoveries, whatever. I mean, he's just, he's a ball. And he was the depth, and now the depth is gone. I think Ellie, you tweeted it uh, on Monday night, saying that you know they came into the season and they really put a lot on Kiko Alonso and Kendrick to be really good and be you know a big part of the strength of this defense. And now it's weird because they haven't needed that because of what Hicks has given them and, and Ryan's a little bit against the run. But now the whole thing it feels like it circles back to where we started, where Alonso and Kendrick have to be really good if this defense is going to be good enough. Kiko Alonso has to be Kiko Alonso. Who was the defensive rookie of the year for the Buffalo Bills a couple of years? If he's that guy, then, then yeah, it's, it's still a, a, a damn shame that Jordan Hicks, you know, great kid, worked, you know, came out of nowhere. You know, it's, it's a, it's a, it, I feel terrible for the kid that he's out for the year, but if Kiko Alonso is Kiko Alonso, they're not going to miss him. But, pulling aside if if Kiko's the player he was in 2013, Bradford's the player he was in 2008. Nico's the player he was in 2012. The Eagles should be all right. That's what we're agreeing on. I mean, this is we're at, like, what do you think is a better chance to happen? Bradford being consistently good the rest of the season, and Nico being the player he was in 2013. I'll go for Bradford on this. Okay. Wow, 
I mean, both. That's a good question. I mean, that, yeah, I mean, that's... I, guess I mean, we saw the one game Kiko played in his line. He did have that spectacular episode in the He did. He also, yeah, he did. No, I mean, we, and then we really haven't seen him. Yeah, we haven't seen him since. I mean, again, it just comes down to consistency. Like, that's maybe my biggest issue with this team right now. It's like, like, all right, so we're, we're, we're all talking in the press box before the Dallas game about how many games they should win out of the next four. When you look, including that Dallas game. So you had Dallas, which they won. The two, you know, Miami, Tampa, and uh, Detroit. And they should win all four of those games. They're better than... He's favoring all of them. Oh, they're better than all those teams. But, like, does anybody really think they're going to win four in a row? And I think that's, that's the team's biggest problem they have right now. They're, they're not consistent. You know what I mean? Like, some weeks they look really good. Some, you know, Sunday night, Bradford looks like, hey, maybe this is a guy you can build around. But, you know, two weeks against, then two prior weeks against New York, he looks terrible. Some weeks the defense only gives up seven points. And then, you know, last night, or Sunday night, they let Matt Castle, you know, throw the ball over. So that's really the next step the Eagles need to take. And they have the talent, and I think they have the coaching. They just have to consistently do it. The part of the reason they're not able to do that is because they're always dealing with the injuries. Well, part of it also, too, I mean, you keep saying, can they win? It would be four in a row. I think they can because they're playing. I mean, other than the Redskins, uh, that's the one that just sticks to me. I, I, the other teams that beat them, oh, well, Dallas is like, yeah, Dallas had one like that. So, I mean, they, they lost to pretty good team. Two of them on the road. I mean, I, I, I'll say this. Other than the Redskins, that's the, to me, that's, that's the one that, that's the aberration of the, of the whole season. But they almost won that. Yeah, but they but they should have. I mean, I, um, they're going to be. I think from here on out, they have eight games left. Right? I think they'll be favored in a minimum six and maybe seven. The only game I think they're going to death, they'll be underdogs in the win, no doubt about. They might be underdogs at home to Arizona. I don't think so. No, I think they'll be favored in that game. Might, at that point, then they'll, be, then they'll be favored in seven out of eight because. Well, what if we they, at the Meadowlands? I don't know. Okay, that that might be a that might be a, a quote like a three point line. The whole, that game might not mean. I mean, I have a scenario in my head that I'm gonna um, I'll, I'll write I'm gonna write later in the week when I when I do a post on it. Address here. That game might not. That Eagles might that might not mean anything. You, so you think the Eagles could have the division wrapped up before they have to I before do. the Giants? Do. Yes, I do. I would be surprised. I would because I, well, you guys might think the Giants are better. Than yeah, no, I mean the Giants are very good. I just. You know, I mean, the Eagles are still only four and four, and and we're take nine to win this. And we're really close to being three and five. Not I mean, enough. They, they won that game in overtime, but you know, I mean, they easily could have lost that game in Dallas too. So, uh, you know, am I? Dallas could have lost in Tampa Bay. Yeah, they could. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can say that for any team in any any week. But my point is, so we think they're going to go four and four in the first days, and then six and two in the last. No, they could. I don't it know. Only takes nine. I guess this mark for me, for that scenario to play out, and you might be right, there's a lot of football up to play, but the Eagles would have to go, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, they'd have to go five and two the next seven to get to nine before that last game, and the Giants would have to be at seven and eight going into that game, right? Correct. Right, so that means the Giants only win two football games from now until week 17. Correct. Yeah, I mean, if that happens, I mean, that the Giants schedule? I have, no, I have, and, and they've... And they have two defenses very good, even with Pierre Paul back. But that would, that would, I guess, to be a perfect storm for the Eagles. That would be, imagine that. Imagine if you're right on that. The Eagles oh. going into week 17 with this big split. I'm far from, you know, hey, but rah, rah. I'm not, I'm, I, don't, I don't have midnight pink pom-poms out. I'm just being realistic here. No, I mean, 
I think the Eagles can win five. You want to call me a homer if you think the Eagles can win five of the next seven? Like I said, they're going to be, to win five, to only win five of the next seven, they're going to have to get upset somewhere. Right? Uh, I guess I guess I'm worried about where's where's the next Redskins game? Like, which right. one of these games is that? I'm gonna I'm gonna give them an upset loss somewhere along the way. They get to only be nine and six, one of nine, right? Someone's gonna upset them, be it Arizona, be it the Redskins, game. I don't know. Someone's gonna only have nine wins going into the Giants game. They're gonna be upset by something. Okay, so that's that's which I think. I don't think I don't think saying the Eagles are, are going to be nine and six going into the Giant game is, is far fetched. I mean, no, I don't. I don't think it is either. And the I mean, Giants only winning two more. They're not. They're not beating New England. I don't think they beat the Jets. They're, I don't think they beat Carolina. That's three losses. Right. My at Miami. I might give them that. Minnesota. I don't know. Top one. I don't know about Minnesota. That's a tough one for the Giants. That's that's. That's a big, big game for them. And then who's the other one they have? Uh, well, I, I'll give them a watch. I guess the way you painted it there, to me, and as I think it's such a decision after you said that, if the Eagles take care of their business, they should be where you have them. Because the Giants will have losses. I guess the only reason Week 17 now, the way you painted it, is really going to be an NFC title game is if the Eagles make it an NFC title game. Well, no, the Giants could, too. The Giants could be better than I think. Maybe the Giants, maybe the Giants beat the Giants. I, I agree with both of you. I agree with both of you that I had two long plays I, I had a lot of time on my hands. <laughs> Look, the Eagles in their next eight games, I think they're better than seven of the teams. I think the only, the only team I don't think the Eagles are, are as good at, or if not better, is the Patriots. So I think the Eagles could definitely win six in the next eight, if not seven. I just don't trust them to do it. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I agree with everything you're saying. I think they're going to lose one. They're going to lose, they're going to lose to New England, and they're going to lose to some. I mean, you know, this is a lot like, uh, Kip's first year, 2013, right? They were three and five at, at the, at, after eight games. They came home seven and one. With the one loss being, being that awful loss in Minnesota to a bad Viking. But Matt Castle. But Matt Castle. They also got, no, Adrian Peterson. They also got, like, historically great quarterback play. I mean, you know. And a lot of breaks. Right, and they had a lot of breaks. I mean, but, I mean, look, they could do it. I just, you know, like, I, you can break it all down and all that, and I agree. But, like, gun to your head, if you said, how many games do you think Eagles will win out of the next eight? Would you really say six? I mean, I... No, well, I'd say five. All right, so... I'm going to go nine and seven. All right. And that, yeah. that's going to be enough. Nine will win this. I'm, I've been saying this from, from week four. Nine wins is going to win the Eagles. So you think they're going to lose to the Patriots? Mm-hmm. And somebody else. I don't know who yet. I'm sorry. Well, they got two more losses. Though. Well, they'll lose to the Giants. Last game is not going to mean it. And but they but that's everybody. Bad losing losing one more, one more though. Yeah, really? I don't know who yet. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, I mean they. they It'll be that upset. If you go, I guess they could go five and three. I just I'm just in a very like I believe it when I see it though with this team. Because I I, I, I kind of want that. Don't we all want that last game? I mean, especially NJ.com. Don't don't right. Of course, that, that'd be fun. That's our game, even Giants. Yeah. yeah. I mean, unless you think of the fact that you have Sam Bradford on the road in the must-win playoff. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean one three big games. Right. I mean, yeah. I don't, yeah. So yeah I, don't think, I don't think the Eagles. I think the Giants would sign up for that today. I the Eagles not so much. I agree. The Eagles hope I'm right. Yeah. All right, guys. Before we look ahead, it's never been said in the, in the history of my 30 years coming to the Eagles hope I'm right. 
this time they do. Before we look ahead at this Miami game and, and the, the matchup here, how about we all go around and give one player that maybe we haven't talked about on this particular episode that uh, you thought deserves to be talked about in, in this episode. To me, we didn't really mention DeMarco Murray, but I, he's playing well now. And you look at him, I mean, combined, he had 24 touches, 161 yards, got into the end zone. I feel like people got down on him so quickly, and I don't know. I mean, every time the Eagles say something, Shermer said it last week, it, he was banged up earlier in the year, and I think they kind of just downplayed what it was. And maybe he's healthy now, but he's playing better now. So DeMarco Murray, for me, is someone that kind of got lost in the shuffle of that craziness Sunday, but I think he's playing pretty well. Right. Yeah, my, my guy would probably – I agree with you on that. Um, I do think he's playing well. Um, my guy would be Brandon Graham. I think he had a very good game. I mean, he's really come on the last two weeks. Um, you know, obviously he's not going to get 32 sacks, which is what you joked about at the beginning of the year. No, I don't think he was joking. <laughs> hey, you got to shoot for the moon, right? He did, it, he did get two, though. He, he got his two. Yeah, he got, yeah, he got two. I mean, he, I think he forced a fumble. On the or yeah, exactly. So I think he had a very good game. And, I mean, I wrote about this earlier in the week, and we can talk about a little. Like, they have not got good play from their outside linebacker position. I mean, like, Connor Barwin is basically not existent at this point. I mean, I can't remember the last time he made a play. So you're talking about in a 3-4 defense, and Mark, you can let me know if you agree with this, the most important position to me in a 3-4 defense is the outside linebacker. Because he's the guy you want to basically essentially be your playmaker and the rest of the passer. And they haven't gotten any production out of Connor Barwin this year, and now they're getting production out of Graham. It's still not a ton, but I thought he played very well against the Giants. I agree. I know I agree 100% with that. My guy is Dennis Kelly. All right. Come on. We thought everybody painted a fool. Oh, my God. Dennis Kelly is going to start at right tackle. Oh, my God. Greg Hardy is going to have 100 sacks. He's going to set records. <laughs> well, Dennis Kelly played a damn good game, guys. He really did. Watch it, watch it again. He didn't. Was he like, I mean, I'm not putting him in a Pro Bowl, but for a guy that. You know, we didn't think he was going to make the team in, in training camp. I know. I mean, he was a guy that you could, his strict was definitely on the ball. I, I had him on the ball. I had him on the Probably on the wrong side of the ball. <laughs> I mean, if, if that kid, who was the guy that was, I can't remember his name, Moffitt. The guy that, you know, was in the rehab and stuff. We got him. Oh, yep. If, if Moffitt wasn't rusty and played well, Kelly probably doesn't make the team. Right? I mean, well, here he is on Sunday Night Football in a must win game. Dallas Cowboys, pretty good defensive front. He played very, very well. Now, again, is, that, is he going to do it for eight more games? Uh, who knows? But that night, Sunday night, Dennis Kelly deserved the game ball. And think about this. We're talking about a must-win game over the Cowboys that they won. And two players we're talking about are Jordan Hicks and Dennis Kelly. I mean, like, at the beginning of the season, I would have never thought they would do that. So, no. you're right. The Eagles have gotten... Their starters have not, you know, the guys they really counted on have not played that well. I mean, like. But they did something up. Like, no, they, they, they did something like, As a whole, they haven't really. But then you look at the first, I mean, then they've got, I don't know, just the more I think about it, the Eagles are getting a lot of really good contributions from guys they didn't expect. And I think that's one of the reasons they've, they've been able to stay afloat while their main guys have kind of struggled. That's a good point. Uh, Mark, I'm glad you brought up Kelly because I think a lot of the concern going into that game was, oh no, Jason Peters is out having to play right. Jason oh. Peters. But, but really, Lane Johnson did a great job replacing Jason Peters. And then the next question was, well, how does Kelly replace Lane Johnson? And, and to me, that it was like a, a two-part yeah. thing. And Lane Johnson, we know his talented, but it was the Kelly part that was the real concern. Exactly. That's, you're right. And that's all we – you don't know how many guys, I mean, up until Saturday, oh, yeah, Eagles going to win this game. Oh, yeah, I think it'll be a good game. Eagles will win. Then we're, Peters is out. 
almost, I would say 90% of the people went, oh, I changed my pick. Yes. I mean, yeah. everybody was like, oh, I don't know now, now, but I'm, oh my God. Because, I mean, and it, was, and it wasn't like it was a, a legitimate concern. You're talking about Lane going from right to left, which he had never done. Okay, like, as you said, all right, you can maybe live with that. Right, Lane Johnson's good part, number four pick in the draft. All right, he'll, he'll do his best on left tackle. He'll be okay. Who's playing right tackle? That is Kelly. Come on. He played, he played very well. Very, very well. He did. And they got away with it for this week. So no Peters was out there. So Kelly did a good job. All right. So now they move on here. Off of the Cowboys game, we heard Chip Kelly say on Monday that basically this, you know, the win against the Cowboys doesn't really mean anything if they don't keep playing well and back it up. Now the Dolphins come in three and five. It's been a really strange year for them. They changed the coach. Uh, thoughts on this matchup? It's, it's a strange Dolphins team, Elliot. Where at times they look okay and their quarterback can make some plays, but you know they're three and five for a reason. Yeah, I mean, I guess I think the Eagles do win this game just because, as you mentioned, they'll be able to run the ball against the Dolphins. I don't think the Dolphins' offense is really. I mean, the Eagles have faced some good offenses this year, and they've done fairly well. So I think they win the game. The, the only concern I'd have is the few times I've watched the Dolphins, and this has been since Dan Campbell took over. They seem like they're a pretty physical team. And the Eagles have struck traditionally since Chip taken over. In my opinion, the Eagles have struggled when they get hit hard. This, this offense kind of shuts down a little. So that would be my one concern. But ultimately, I think they're a better team than the Dolphins. They're at home. You know, I think this is a game the Eagles should win for sure. This is the easiest game left on the schedule. All right, this game <laughs> in a wall. Easier than the Bucks? Yeah, absolutely. Ryan Tannehill doesn't, isn't Joe Montana. No, I know. He's good. Ryan Tannehill, Ryan, I mean, yeah, Miami's just not good. 
this is not a good team. It's not a good spot. Eagles, if they lose this one, forget everything else that happened. They're, they're, they're not winning the division. If they lose this one, we'll have a lot of sound bites to play back to them in the next podcast. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll say, I mean, I'll, yeah, if they don't win this one, then they could lose that. And then, there's a, then there's no lock. I think if, if the Eagles lose this one, we have to start episode, whatever, 16, our next one, uh, with just the, the quote of Mark saying, Stone Cold Lock, Eagles. Take him in the suicide pool. Yeah, exactly. If they lose this one, I might, people, I might not be doing the next podcast. Might be stone, <laughs> I might be high. It might be homicide. It's like suicide. <laughs> All right, guys. This was a fun one. A big Eagles victory. They're back to 4-4 four four now, and uh, we have a second half of the season. To look forward to and Elliot. We have a quarterback to talk about here as we move forward. Is I'm sure you're getting a lot of tweets about Sam Bradford. Am I right about that? Yeah, my, my mentions were on, were on fire. Something like that. <laughs> I, I, there's no doubt they were. All right, guys, appreciate this. Elliot, have a good one. We'll catch up next week. I'll right, talk to you guys soon. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Joe. Take care. And thanks to all of you for listening to episode 15 of the No Huddle Show. If you want to follow, follow the show at Elliot Show Mark. To read Tim at Marco Echo 08 at Joe Dillard Sports. That's us personally. If you want to tweet the show, a question, we'll just follow. We'll tweet out all the links to the episodes at the No Huddle Show on Twitter. Make sure to follow on iTunes and on Stitcher. Every episode downloaded automatically.